there, I'm Michelle Bunch, and this is Enthusiasm Diaries. Enthusiasm is contagious, and in this podcast, we get to share in the enthusiasm of others and perhaps spark some of our own curiosity along the way. Thanks so much for listening. Well, I am here today with Ellen Danick. She is the owner of Helly Mae's Caramels, and I'm so excited to talk with her today. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Michelle. I'm delighted to be here and to talk about things that we're enthusiastic about. I know. Yeah, I can't wait to jump into it. So tell me, um, caramels, why caramels? Can you share a little bit about that? Yes. I started Helly Mays almost 10 years ago because when salted caramel hit really hard in the U.S. about that time, you could find lots of things that were salted caramel, but not with the flavor and the texture I wanted. I wanted really deep, complicated, true caramel with a fresh, creamy texture, and I couldn't find it. So I started making my own, and people loved them. And my husband finally said, you know, you could probably start a business with this. And it was a hobby that turned into an experiment and is now a business. Wow. What was your first impression when he said that? Like, do, were you like, oh, no, no, no. Or were you like, hey, maybe there's something to this? Well, I was, I will say I was a little skeptical because at the time I was working in technology. Uh, my background's not in food, it's in management consulting and technology. And so it had never occurred to me that I could make a big change and go into small scale food manufacturing as what I do for a living. And it was a while, truthfully, before I did that. But Uh, After we talked about it, he said, you know, people seem to love the caramels that you make, the recipe you've developed. And I pointed out to him, well, yes, I take them to the office and people love them, but people get really excited about a grocery store birthday cake in the office. Like sugar (laughs) is sugar. Exactly. It's a drug. (laughs) Right. So what we agreed was that before jumping in with both feet, I would do some testing. And so what I did for about a year was I made the caramels. I didn't have any like special equipment. I just made them on a stovetop. And I poured them out into brownie bites molds. They look like shallow silicone ice cube trays. Mm -hmm. I wrapped them by hand using wax paper that I cut off the roll with one of those one-armed paper cutters. It was super low tech. (laughs) And I had a box made and it held nine of them. So I sold them in the box. So I would start going to farmer's markets, local indie craft fairs, things like that. And I would cut up the caramels, put toothpicks in them, put out samples, and not put up prices. People would taste them. (gasps) These are delicious. They pull their wallet out. How much are they? I give them a price. Everybody bought. The next event, cut up caramels, put in toothpicks, put out samples. No price sign. (gasps) These are delicious. How much are they? They start pulling out their wallets, 25% more. And so I did that until people started putting their wallets back when I gave them the price. Mm -hmm. And I figured, okay, about another 25% above that is the maximum price that I can charge and still sell caramels. Like, you know, if you took microeconomics in college or in grad school, I have an MBA. Mm -hmm. You always talk about this notion of supply and demand and building a supply curve and building a demand curve. And doing that with lots of data is actually sometimes really challenging in the real world. For example, there aren't a lot of industries that lend themselves perfectly to a supply curve. But what I did was I basically built 
a redneck demand curve. I basically figured out what the price (laughs) elasticity of demand was for these caramels in a very low-tech, non-math way. So then I had a price ceiling. Okay, Uh this gives me at least an idea of the maximum I can charge. Concurrent with that, I did some testing in a commercial kitchen to figure out what would it actually cost me to make and package and distribute this product? What's my required gross margin over that variable cost. And that gave me a price floor. So now I had a band. I knew the minimum I had to charge to be able to cover my costs and have a little bit of profit. And I knew the maximum I could possibly charge and still sell some caramels. And so I had a target price area. And once I had that information, I felt confident enough to embark upon this as a business because I knew I could actually make it grow without, um, facing lots of margin pressure or, you know, booking revenue that didn't get generate any profit. And so that was what gave me the confidence I needed to move forward. Because I knew, for example, even though the first year or two, it was just me making and packaging and selling and delivering the caramels, I was eventually going to hire help. Mm -hmm. And because I had a really good understanding of what my price band was, I knew that I would have the resources within my price to be able to do that. And so it gave me that confidence to go ahead and launch the business. And um, yeah, that was almost 10 years ago, which is hard to believe. Wow. Well, one thing that I'm, I'm trying to picture you and you have an MBA and clearly some lots and lots of business background, but then you, I, I feel like there's almost two sides of this. There's this very business savvy um, person. And then I picture you in your kitchen that first year before you went to the commercial kitchen. How cool that you were able to because it was, it was your own recipe, right? Mm-hmm. It was, um, did, did it take a lot of renditions to, or variations to like get it just right? I mean, I, I like picturing you just trying to like figure this out. Yeah. That's yeah, it fun. did actually, because the recipe I originally used, um, as it turns out, had a typo. And so it didn't pl- plain out, plain didn't work the first few times I made caramels. Oh gosh. And so I tinkered with it, tinkered with it, tinkered with it, did a lot of research, figured out what made it work, which was easy for me to do because I really wanted the caramels that I wanted. Yeah. I was not doing, you know, originally I wasn't developing this recipe because I wanted to build a business. I would develop this recipe because I am very enthusiastic about a particular type of caramel really complex, a little bit bitter, very creamy. Mm -hmm. Then once I decided, okay, I want to see if maybe I want to share this with people other than the office, you know, actual customers and share this with them. It did take some experimentation to scale the recipe up, even though we're still, you know, compared to a bigger producer, we're still very small batch. It's, you know, a lot bigger than what you do in the kitchen. And one thing that is generally true about commercial food manufacturing is most recipes don't scale linearly. You can't just like take a home recipe and multiply it by 30 and have a commercial recipe. Some ingredients will need to be increased, some will need to be decreased. So there was some trial and error. But again, this is the product I love and that I felt like nobody else was doing. So it was easy for me to muster the energy to do that because it was it's just so fun. I mean, you know, look, I used to work in enterprise software and uh, management consulting, and I would be at parties and not so much with consulting, but with enterprise software. Oh, what do you do? Well, I run global operations for Sun Microsystems. They'd be asleep before I could even tell them what the software did. They just, most people, if they're not in that industry, were not interested. Now I'm at a party and people say, what do you do? I own a candy company. Oh my God, I love candy. What kind of candy do you make? How did you get into this? could I do this? Can I come visit? Nobody ever asked to come visit me at the office when I worked in software. Just didn't happen. 
So, and, and I don't know how much of that, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about. How much is that, that everyone you think you could say knows what candy is and then compared to something that's so uh, specialized and, and sort of, you know, you have to have a certain level of education to understand. But I wonder too about like your level of enthusiasm for it as well, if there's something to that. I mean, clearly, I'm sure there were things you liked about your other profession, but can you reflect a little bit on maybe just the energy you felt? Um, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, look, when I worked in enterprise software, there was a lot I loved about it. I am an ops person, an operations person at heart. That is yeah. a big part of what I like about any job. Um, right. And so there, there was a lot I liked about it. I liked the people I worked with. I liked a lot of the projects I worked. There was a lot to like. But when you, for me to go out and build something on my own from the ground up is a whole different thing. And so for me to be willing to take the step and make the investment and take the risk to do that, you hit the nail on the head. I needed a lot of enthusiasm around this because it wasn't something I was going to do for two years. You don't build a food company in two years. This was something for the long haul. And the thing is, now, almost 10 years later, I'm still really enthusiastic about Helly Mays. And here's the thing, I'm not the person that makes caramels anymore. I haven't been for a while. I run the business. Mm. But I'm still incredibly enthusiastic about bringing it to people and sharing it with people. And as I've grown the company, what I have found is that um, the things that give me a lot of joy you could find them in lots of different industries. It wouldn't have to be food. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the big thing that drives me now that I have employees is recruiting, training, and developing my employees. And I know that sounds like lingo, like almost cliche, but it really is true. I have seasonal temporary workers um, for a few months out of the year. I have permanent full-time people. And no matter whether somebody's with me for, uh, you know, 90 days or nine years, it's really important to me that to the degree they're comfortable with, I work with them to figure out how can they be much better off when they leave Helly Mays than they were when they came in the door, whatever that looks like for them professionally. And if you want to get into the details later, we can talk about examples. But, you know, it's gone from I was very enthusiastic about this particular type of caramel that I couldn't find. I wanted to make it. I wanted to share it with people to I still have that enthusiasm, but now it has such a more rounded approach because I have this whole team that's helping me build this and I have uh, a focus on them that I didn't have, obviously, when it was just me alone. Well, I guess let me ask you, could you imagine that it would evolve to something where you were doing this level of management with others running your business? Was that kind of part of the plan from the beginning? Oh, yeah. Because, okay. you know, it, I mean, like any like this is not a technology startup, you know, right. you're never going to hear me say we're going to scale, you know, that's not, <laughs> yeah. that's not the approach. This is a small family business that is in the food manufacturing industry. That's okay. what we do. Yeah, um, we're artisan, but we're still a business. And so I knew if I if I was going to make a career change and really commit to this, it was, I was going to have to grow it into something that was big enough that obviously it wasn't just me alone in a kitchen for 10 years. I mean, I'd be crazy by now. I'm an extrovert. I need people around me. I need people to develop like that would not work. Right. But also it would, you know, so it couldn't just be me, but also, you know, it would have to have some ability to have some specialization so that we can grow because if it's all dependent just on me, there's a hard limit to how much Ellen there is to go around. But, you know, now I have production people and I have people who cook and I have people who package. I have a customer service rep part-time, which is great. Like, yeah. and all of those people together, 
give the foundation so that the business can grow, which is yeah. really satisfying. Yeah, for so many reasons, right? Yeah. Um, well, I would definitely want to hear more about kind of what that looks like, because I think well, one, because it lights you up and also just to see what a, a cool way to do business and to to make such make it such a rich experience. Can you share a little bit more about even just some of the other beginning steps as far as like, how did you come up with the name? Like what a little bit about how you where you began to sell it after some of those markets and things like that? Oh, sure. So when I was naming the company, I wanted a name that conveyed an old fashioned handcrafted sensibility. And my name is Ellen. And you know, when I was a kid, the Beverly Hillbillies were in reruns, you know, on the UHF channel or whatever, it hadn't been on the air in years. But uh, people would call me Ellie May, which I you know, was all right, I didn't love it, didn't hate it. But I thought, mm, Ellie May, that's I like the ring of that. But I also wanted the name of the company to underscore that we really are about these big, complex flavors. We're a little bit more Hell on Wheels. It's like, ah, Helly Maze. Perfect. Now, what I will tell you, Michelle, is Helly Maze, which seems so obvious to me, and I love talking about it, is not obvious to everyone. And a lot of times people have trouble remembering the name of the company. So if I had had more of a marketing brain and less of a just an operations person brain, I probably would have considered that from the beginning. But you know what? It's what I call the company, it gets the idea across. It makes me, it makes me happy. I mean, yeah. I just, you know, as a brand, we're a little bit yeehaw. I'm from Texas. That fits for me. And if Helly May were a person, all of us at Helly Mays think of her as Rosie the Riveter's best friend. You know, it's World War II era, 1940s. She and Rosie are working together at the munitions factory after they're done. Helly May comes home. She picks some produce out of her victory garden and she cans it herself. Like that's who I think Helly May is. She's resourceful. Yeah. She's kind of a 1940s dame. And the name really reflects that. Our approach reflects that. You know, all of our wrapping equipment was built in the 1950s. This is not super modern. It's old school. Yeah. And even our packaging reflects it. All of our um, labels and hang tags have these deep saturated colors on wood grain. They're really inspired by the look of milk paint on a barn wall, which, you know, pre-World War II, we didn't have latex paint. Right. Milk paint was widely used. And so for me, all of that comes together into this confection that is really delicious. It's retro. I always say Helly Mays tastes like your childhood, whether mm -hmm. you've had it before or not, but oh, amped cool. up with really good ingredients and the nostalgia, um, just it, I, it, it makes me happy. It just oh. really does. What can you name some of your flavors? Oh, sure. So our most popular are sea salt, which is a dark creamy caramel finished with a Mediterranean flake sea salt from Cyprus. It's a really beautiful salt. It has a pretty white color and it doesn't melt into the caramels. One of the things about a really creamy caramel is if um, you don't use the right kind of salt, it'll just be lost. It'll just be absorbed into the caramel. And then the other one that is really popular is whiskey love bomb, which was a caramel I created for Father's Day years ago. It has Stranahan's whiskey from here in Colorado. Cool. Steen's cane syrup from Louisiana, which is an artisanal uh, food waste product from a family business in Louisiana. And bourbon barrel smoked sea salt from a guy in Kentucky who takes spent bourbon barrel staves, 
makes them in a charcoal and smokes the sea salt. So I always say it's a wow. big old Southern love bomb by way of the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> oh, um, I love that. That's so cool. And we have those all the time. The other flavors that we make year round are espresso and vanilla. And then we have a chili cinnamon one called Chili Palmer. It's named after one of my favorite characters from an Elmore Leonard book. And then seasonally, we do limited edition flavors. The one we have right now is our most popular. It's Harvest Apple Cider. We work yeah. with a family orchard in Vermont to get the cider for that. And it's, a, it's like a fresh, tart, caramel-covered apple. It's so good. Oh, perfect for fall. So you develop, you develop all the flavors, it sounds like? Yep. I do the development. And my kitchen manager, Jessica Frigo, does a lot of the recipe testing. Wow. Um, she has what a cool job. <laughs> yeah. She has a, her undergrad is a science degree. And so she's very methodical and really comfortable with running multiple experiments and keeping tight notes and tight records. Mm-hmm. And so we can turn new things out pretty quickly, which is wow. great. Wow. And I love that it's, it sounds like you really care where things are sourced from and high quality, clearly. I do. Um, and here's the thing. So, you know, I have a hierarchy that I source by. And it's all about being responsible to my customers and to my employees. So mm-hmm. the top criteria for me is safety. Mm-hmm. You know, someone asked me recently, why aren't you making goat milk caramels? You're in Wheat Ridge. There are goat farms. I am not bringing raw goat milk into my facility and trying to pasteurize it myself. That does not pass my safety sniff test. I am not a dairy plant. That Mm -hmm. does not make sense. So I love the idea of sourcing locally. I know those farmers. I would love to source milk from them. That's not safe. So my number one criteria is safety. Second criteria is flavor. No matter how responsibly something is produced, if it doesn't taste good, that's not making a great product for my customers. Mm -hmm. Then after those two criteria are met and safety is like way up top than flavor, then everything else comes into play. And like you said, I want to work with people I know. I want to work with other small businesses. If somebody is doing something that is um, a good example of their area of the country, Steen's Cane Syrup is a really good example. The Southern Foodways Alliance has recognized them for what they do. I want to work with those guys. I mean, Mm -hmm. could I get there with some sort of a, you know, synthetic maple syrup or whatever, probably, but the Steen's cane syrup, which is what you put on biscuits, it's like molasses's mellower cousin. It's just such a good product made by a family business. You know, there's no distributor. I have to work directly with them to get them to ship it to me. The shipping is as expensive as the cane syrup. I don't care. Yeah, I I don't care. I want that product for the whiskey love bomb caramels. Wow. What a creative endeavor too to like try to find these the, to make these recipes, I mean, what unique flavors? I haven't heard any other company have flavors like that. But then it sounds like such a cool relationship building thing too to find who you're going to source from. So yeah, I, I, it's like I can see, I, and I and just full disclosure, we just got to know each other talking about doing this. But it's like these little parts of you that you get to show up and and be the recipe creator and the relationship builder, and of course all your op background. Yeah, that is. That's a big part. I mean, all of those things come together to make this big package that is what lights me up about Helly Mays. I mean, you know, would it still be fun if it were a different food business? Probably because all of those aspects that you just talked about, I would still be doing all those things, even if I were making, you know, chicken pot pie for the frozen market or whatever. I'm just trying to think of something that's very different from what we make. Yeah, I would still have the same approach I have, whether Mm -hmm. it's to 
uh, recipe development and creativity, operations, sourcing, vendor relationships, staff development, all of that. You know, one of the things that's really nice is I don't have anybody pressuring me to take 2% out of my cellophane budget every year. So I can deal with the same people year after, you know, my box vendor, I've been with them for eight years. My tape vendor, been with them for eight years. My label vendor, been with her for seven years. I mean, I just, I like having those long-term relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. So I'd love to hear more, just kind of hearing more about what what you've developed over time, how the company's grown. And and mostly, where do most of your sales come from now? Are they from online, uh, brick and mortar? How do you do that? So we're pretty evenly split through two ways that people buy Helly Mae's caramels. One is through our website, which is saltcaramels.com. I say salt caramels. I'm from Texas, but it's spelled salt caramels. Mm -hmm. So people can buy direct from us on that website. Um, The other way that people buy our products is through the retailers we work with. So we're working with retailers in 15 states now. 17 states. I don't, I don't remember. I'd have to look. I should have that on the top of my head. (laughs) And they tend to be one of two types of stores, either a specialty cheese shop that also sells other food products Mm -hmm. or a gift store. Maybe they have floral, maybe they don't, but a gift store. These tend to be single location, um, family owned businesses that I have a direct relationship with. We self-distribute. So we don't go through an intermediary mm-hmm. um, who buys, you know, pallets of our stuff and then distributes it. We have a relationship with everybody we do business with. And, um, you know, in the gift market, which is technically, we're not, you know, we're not a grocery item or something people buy as a special treat or they give as a gift. In the gift market, um, a lot of times there's, uh, you can get a tester for a lower cost or whatever. We just send people a quarter pound of every flavor they order for free on us so they can t- sample themselves. They can sample their staff. They can wow. sample their customers. Like it's a partnership because if you think about it, if you own a small cheese shop with some other food products, how do you compete with a gorilla like Whole Foods, Amazon? Well, one way is through service, really great service. Another is through really great quality. Like you treat the cheese with care that you just can't do in a big grocery store. Right. But the, another way that's really important, a third way is by sourcing products that other people don't have and that you have personal knowledge of and you can speak about with real enthusiasm about why it is you're carrying that product in the store. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really important for us to provide samples and some marketing materials and some training if they'll let us, you know, not everybody has unlimited time. Right. And I think pretty carefully about what we do because I never want to compete with the retailers we work with. So, um, you know, I'm not going to constantly undercut them on price, for example. I don't work with big chain retailers. Mm -hmm. We've had some opportunity. I didn't think it was the right fit for us at that time for a whole host of reasons. But one of them was, I don't want to, um, I don't want to be disrespectful to the stores that have been with us for a long time and helped us get to where we are today. Mm. Like a loyalty to that. It's cool. Yeah, because it's mutual. You know, mm-hmm. they're right. Pay, they're pay, I mean, my kitchen manager, while she's worked for Helly Mays, has bought her first house and had her first kid. It's those relationships that have allowed that to happen. And that's really important and really satisfying. Yeah, and I treat it with the respect it deserves. Yeah, clearly. Well, say more about that. You're, you mentioned your employee that's been with you that long, and you alluded to how much you focus on staff development. Can you share a little bit more about that? Sure. So 
when I started, it was just me in a kitchen, like I said, making this by myself. I hired somebody part-time to help me out. I knew her because she ran the office at my dog's daycare. So I was her customer for about a year <laughs> getting to know her. And I saw how she handled herself, how she handled her systems, how she interacted with customers, all of that. And I knew she got off work really early. I said, hey, you want to come in and do some part-time work a little bit? See what you think? And it turned out she is a production machine. And as I mentioned earlier, she has a degree in science. So she really understands the importance of being methodical and how to keep good records. You know, log and batch process notation, not a problem for her. She has a system and follows it. And so she became my first full-time permanent employee. And she, uh, she, yeah, she's coming up on her nine-year anniversary as an employee at Helly Mays, which is just, it's a great feeling. It's something that's wonderful to celebrate. I have other part-time employees who are either production in the kitchen and in the candy room, or I have a part-time employee who's remote who helps out with customer service. Um, all of them are folks who I am thrilled to have working with me. And not everybody has had a professional experience like the one they're having at Helly Mays, which I think is part of the value we can deliver. Because look, as a tiny business, there's a lot I can't do. I cannot offer you know, Cadillac health insurance and an enormous IRA program. I just can't. We're too small. The fees are prohibitive, a whole host of reasons. What I can do is offer, for example, flexibility. Mm -hmm. You want to extend your maternity leave from three months to being part-time two and a half years later, which is a real situation we're in right now. I can do that for you and I can work around your schedule, right? Another thing I can do is help ensure that to the extent you're interested in it, you are developed into a much better asset on the labor market. I I know that sounds cold, but basically you are a much more desirable employee when you Mm -hmm. leave than you were when you came in. You were already great. I hired you. I mean, I hired for attitude and ability and I hired you. Right. But, um, you know, a lot of people who've done shift work or only worked in bars and restaurants, they've never had a proper job review. When we hire even seasonal people at Helly Mays who are going to be with us for three months, at the end of 30 days, we have a performance review. It's a real review. Here's what's going well. Here are the development needs you need to work on. If things are really going terribly, that's the end of the probationary period. I actually haven't had that happen. We've we've had a real we've had a really good process for hiring people who are a good mutual fit. Yeah. And at that 30-day conversation, one of the topics that I ask people to come and prepare to discuss is what do you want to learn while you're here that has nothing to do with candy? I am a resource for you. I have an MBA. I worked in management consulting. I can help you get ready for whatever the next thing is for you. So I've had, I had an employee who was working as a nanny. She really wanted to start working in sales. Mm -hmm. I helped her figure out, okay, how can we position your resume to talk about the accomplishments you have and what you can bring? And then what networking can we do to help get you in front of those people? I had another employee who was in sales and wanted to go work at a tech startup. Okay, what do we need to do to get you there? Role-playing interviews. How do you do a case interview? Things like that. Uh, Right now, one of my employees is finishing college online for digital marketing. She's not sure that's what she wants to do, but it's the degree that she has a lot of credits towards. So she's, you know, she's finishing her degree, which I think is great. Yeah. Um, I made the connection between her and one of the two principals at the digital marketing agency I use, which is a great agency. And she now that principal is doing some mentoring for her ongoing. So, you know, these are the kinds of things that give me a lot of joy. It's a lot of where my enthusiasm for Helly Mays comes from because 
a lot of times, if you haven't had the exact professional experience that I've been lucky enough to have, you've never had anybody really focus on and then follow through on developing mm-hmm. you as an employee. Um, and it, it's, it's important to me to do that. Now, I will say I have had people who've come in as seasonal employees who've sat down with me in 30 days and said, you know what, I just, I just really want to wrap caramels and get a paycheck. And that's okay. You know, yeah. you don't have to come up with some aspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, you know, the thing about food manufacturing is this is not like coming up with a new farm to table menu for your dining room every week. Right. You're doing the same thing over and over. And everyone needs to be a little better a little cleaner, mm-hmm. a little faster. Sure. And so if you enjoy trying to optimize your performance, whether that's through gamifying it or something else, mm-hmm. it can actually be really satisfying because we were talking about my previous professional life before. Yeah. Running operations for enterprise software, I wasn't making anything physical. Yeah. You have caramels, you have sugar, you have butter, you have cream. Now, four hours later, you have caramel. Now, the next day, you have cut up, broken up, wrapped little caramels that are individually wrapped. Now, the next day, they're packaged in this beautiful packaging and stacked on the shelf, just gleaming and ready to go out the door. That is really fun. That is something that people who have the the attitude to really work at Holly Mays, they get a charge out of that. That sense of, I helped do that. My fingers touched that. It's really satisfying. You know, think about the first time you ever maybe made a birthday cake from scratch, for example. The sense of pride. It's just such a high. It's so good. I like this. Like I created this. I did this. This, Mm -hmm. My hands were a part of that. Yeah. And I I did it to the very best of my ability. Yeah. That's really satisfying. Yeah. There's an expression. I don't know if it's a quote, but it's an expression on a greeting card I bought a while back. And it said, do a good day's work and try to act like somebody. And I think that is just such a good, pithy outlook on life. Mm -hmm. If you do a really good job to the best of your ability and make something really great, you can't help but feel proud of that. Yeah. It's yours. No one can take that from you. You've created it for yourself. Clearly, you get a lot of satisfaction from getting to be involved in that staff development on the flip side, your, your employees probably can tell the extra feedback, the extra mentorship, the extra goal discussions, all of it, the connections, and then be that much more um, lit up and excited to be there for that part too. Well, and you layer onto that, that um, the people who work at Helly Mays come in through a really rigorous process. Mm-hmm. So for every person I hire seasonally, I interview by phone between 60 and 100 people. I am not making that up. My hiring process is incredibly time-consuming, but it's also very systematic because I figured out what works for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what we do is I have standardized on one hiring platform. Our job post not only talks about all of the great things about working at Helly Mays, but all of the hard things so that... If doing the same thing over and over again, standing on your feet doesn't sound awesome to you, probably this is not the job for you. So in a very kind but direct way, like make it clear in the job post. Anyone who replies to the job post, I do a 12-minute phone screen with. So I book them in 15-minute interviews. So I do 12 minutes with a three-minute turn and I do Mm four-hour blocks. And I have about 70% of the people who book it show up for the phone screen. For the people who seem 
like they might be a fit on the phone screen. They're invited to come in for a two hour paid working interview. And the paid part is important. Yes. Because a lot of times, especially in the more restaurant food service area of things, uh, applicants are expected to stage and come in and work for a day or two for no money. That's Mm. not what we do. We believe in paying people for their labor. So Mm -hmm. people come in, they work two hours and of the people who are invited, maybe 40 to 50% show up for that two hour working interview. And of those people, one or two will eventually get a job offer. And I will tell you, there are some gates through the way. So if somebody's late for the phone interview, we don't go any further. If somebody shows up late for the working interview, I thank them so much for coming and I send them home. Because Mm -hmm. it's just as much as I think it's important to really treat people with respect, pay them for their labor, all of that. It's also very important that people take seriously what we're doing. Because if somebody can't take showing up on time seriously, are they going to wash their hands when I'm not looking? I don't know. Um, And so it's almost like if you think about it, to come work at Helly Mays, you're sort of a part of an elite crew because you made it through that process. And I said, you're the one. I think yeah. you're willing to come work with us. Yeah. Wow. I just have to think such a different way. I mean, I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of all the hiring, but very rigorous. And, and I love what you've put into place and the process that you've created. Where, where do things sit now? Um, the growth of the company, like, do you have future hopes for what it can grow into other flavors? I mean, I'm sure you do, but can you share a little bit about that? Sure. So on the flavor side, we'll start there. We're actually working on um, a limited release flavor that we haven't announced yet. That's going to be very, very few available this fall. And that'll be announced probably in the next six weeks. So stay tuned on that. That's been really fun to develop and do competitive tasting with, you know, A or B, B or C, that sort of thing. Uh, More long-term, yeah, more long-term for Helly Mays, I want us to continue to improve the product to the point where it's the very best it can be. So right now we have amazing flavor. We have amazing texture. We have really pretty packaging that reflects who we are as a company. We only have a three-month shelf life. That's not enough. Mm. Uh, We need to be at at least six months to be able to be in more stores. Because if you think about it, if you have a gift store and you don't carry a lot of food products, (gasps) I have to buy a bunch of caramels and only have a three-month shelf life. Oh, my gosh, that feels risky, right? Right. Um, And, you know, some of it is the old trade-off. You can have delicious. You can have long-lasting. Sometimes it's hard to have both. I'll be working with a consultant who's kind of the go-to guy in the United States for caramel to do two things. One, change our packaging to make it easier to keep our product on shelf longer and have it stay fresh and delicious and wonderful. And also change our recipe so that it is more adapted to being on the shelf longer without putting in artificial preservatives or other stuff that I don't like. You know, I don't, I don't want to make just another mass market caramel. I want to preserve what's wonderful about Helly Mays, but go from what I'm capable of. I'm a reasonable person and I'm very enthusiastic, but I'm certainly not a food scientist who specializes in caramel. I want to go beyond what I'm capable of Mm -hmm. and really take the product to that next level so that we can, you know, reach more people. Another thing that we're doing is 
launching totally private label caramels for individual stores um, so that oh, they cool. can have their own brand on the caramel. If they want to co-brand it with Helly Mays, I'm happy to do that. But if they want just their brand on it, how fun would it be to have a box of caramels that said Michelle's Boutique on them and you could put a bow on it and have it at the register? I mean, yeah, that's how a, pretty wow, is that? That's a great idea. Yeah. yeah and a, a lot of the private label food options that are out there now you have to pay so much to get that done. Well, our operations, the things we've learned over time, we can do that for really small quantities for not a lot of money. So why not? And so we're working with people to do that. So those are the kinds of things that I want to do. I want to make the product better. I want to make it able to reach more people. I would also like to go beyond just Helly Mays and do some custom branding for folks that reflects, you know, their enthusiasm and their store and Mm -hmm. what it is that they're about. Oh, I love that. So cool. What are what are some things that have either surprised you along the way that you've learned about yourself or have been surprised by yourself in this process over the last 10 years? The biggest surprise to me is I got into this because I love caramel. Also, just I love food. I mean, I just I love cooking food. I love eating food. I love making food, all of that. But the thing that the things that really spur me and drive me really aren't culinary. I mean, like I said, I'm not the person that makes and packages caramels, and I haven't been for quite a while. The things that spur me are how can we make our operations the best they can be in terms of safety, efficacy, all of that? How can we make our product the best it can be? How can I attract and develop the very best people I can? How can I make sure that our vendor relationships are the best they can be? All of that is not really culinary activity, but I love it. Now, Mm -hmm. there are some things that did not surprise me. I do not like accounting. It's funny for somebody who loves math, (laughs) and I love Microsoft Excel. It's one of the five things I'm thankful for. If I have to list five things I'm thankful for. Oh, that's funny, yeah. Microsoft (laughs) Excel is one of them. It's up there with my husband and my dog. (laughs) But I don't like accounting. And so, you know, that hasn't been a surprise. So some things have been surprising, some things not so much. Well, anything else that just comes to mind in reflecting on this journey of Helly Mays for 10 years? As I think about 10 years with Helly Mays, I wouldn't have thought 10 years ago that I would still be this amped about the next phase, Mm. but I am. Uh, You know, I thought I'd be a little bit more uh, stasis by now. Yeah. But really, I just see all sorts of opportunities like we were talking about, whether it's different products, product improvements, letting people make their own special branded caramels, all of those things I am really excited about as the next thing, not just staying where we are. So that's, that's good. That makes me happy. The excitement hasn't worn off. No. (laughs) How fun. And doing, doing something that then lights you up every day. And it doesn't mean maybe there's not headaches here and there, just like anything. Don't you think that's an important thing though? Like to have something that lights you up so you can do the headaches. I mean, I can, I think it's important to have something that lights you up so you can handle the headaches. So it's still like, well, that's okay because I still get to do it. That kind of attitude. Yeah. Elizabeth Gilbert, the woman who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, wrote a book on creativity called Big Magic. Have you ever read it? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So, So you remember her talking about how she knew she really wanted to be an author and how important writing was to her because there's always going to be a part that's really terrible. She calls it having to eat a shit sandwich. Oh yeah. And she, she's like, 
I will eat an unlimited number of those sandwiches to get the chance to write. That's how much she loves writing. It's that important to her. She, she knows it's not all fairy tales and unicorns. There's going to be terrible parts, but she's willing to do that to get the right to write. I feel that way about Hallie Mays. I don't love things like filing sales tax, but that's just life. That's Mm -hmm. table stakes. You just have to do that. And so because I'm doing that activity that maybe isn't my favorite to further this enterprise that just is so exciting to me and makes me so happy and enthusiastic, it just becomes a non-event. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, did something I didn't like to do. Now I get to go sell some caramels. So I can do more caramel selling. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. And I cannot wait to hear the special edition. I'm like (laughs) on pins and needles. So how fun to think about. Um, They're they're good. I will say they're good. Like like maybe one of the best sellers? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Probably not a bestseller because we're just going to do a very limited run. Okay. Yeah. But um, oh, yeah, it's really fun. Oh, I can't wait. Well, thank you. And just as a reminder, people can can see what you're doing on Instagram at Helly Mays. That's right. So here's where you can find information about Helly Mays Caramels. We're on Instagram at, at Helly Mays. We're on Facebook at Helly Mays. That's H-E-L-L-I-E-M-A-E-S, Helly Mays. Then our website is Salt Caramels, S-A-L-T, C-A-R-A-M-E-L-S.com. Now, if you enter hellymaze.com, it'll take you to saltcaramels.com. Oh, that that works out. Well, good. Yeah. Well, I hope everyone checks it out and it'd be the perfect thing for, for gifts coming up this season. And I just so appreciate you taking the time to, to be here and share your story. And, and I hope everyone checks it out. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking to you, Michelle. Thanks for, thanks for inviting me to be part of this. so much for listening. Please leave a review and share with a friend. And if you're enthusiastic about something and want to share it, please contact me at michelle at enthusiasmdiaries.com.